Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Millennial Mirrors, a discussion on millennial life in the Middle East. Our episode today is titled Abe. This is a word that we've dealt with all growing up and continue to deal with in our daily lives. Translated loosely, it means shame or inappropriate depending on the context that you use it. This topic came to mind for me while I was at my brother's house. Uh, my nephews were attacking me, as they uh, do sometimes. And their mom was like, Abe, you shouldn't do that to your uncle. And it got me thinking about how in the Middle East, as we grow up, a lot of the time our parents replace the word wrong and bad with the word Abe. And as we grow older, more and more becomes encompassed under the umbrella of the word Abe. And it becomes this gray area that doesn't necessarily represent what is right or wrong, but what is unacceptable and acceptable by our society. So our guest today joining me to talk about this is Sara Medani, a mom and serial entrepreneur who's done so much, I can't even begin to list. Thank you so much for taking the time to It's be a pleasure. Today. Thank you for having me. So, Sara, you are on the radio, um, you have social media presence, and you are here on the podcast to talk with us today about Abe. Um, this is one of the most difficult episodes I've actually found to get a guest for, um, because I wanted a woman, because I feel like the burden of of the word Abe lies much heavier on them in on our Middle Eastern yeah. society. Um, and a lot of people who I actually, you know, asked to come on the podcast, uh, turned it down because of the fact that they were worried about saying something controversial or saying something wrong or hurting their image. Yeah. So my first question to you is, how so brave? <laughs> how so brave? It's because, I mean, uh, in now in the world of social media where knowledge is available everywhere, yeah. people are not ashamed of sharing knowledge anymore and you have to be articulate when you speak if you want to speak about a certain topic that is very sensitive you mm -hmm. just need to know how to address it yeah. so when you told me to come and speak about Abe the, the thing is I had to think it over and over again but then I was like why am I even worried I'll speak about the good and the bad yeah. of that term because everything has a balance basically true so yes so I'm I was like let me do it Great. I'm here <laughs> all right so then let's start with the basics what does the word Abe mean to you the word Aib is not basically something wrong mm -hmm. on, on a, on a, let's say, universal level, yeah. but it's more on a cultural level. Right. So it's measured culturally, uh, sometimes not even culturally, by, by like groups, for example, family members. Yeah. And, uh, what's Aib in my house might not be Aib in someone else's house. Right. So it's cultural, uh, family oriented, and it's, it's just, it's something that corners you sometimes, even mm -hmm. though what you're doing might not be shameful. Right. Yeah. No, that's very true. I think that's kind of where you get the conflict because, like you said, what I was raised to think of as a might not be what someone else is. Exactly. Or, and so then when you kind of come into this crossroads with someone else, your value systems were different, different growing yeah, up. Yeah, you know what true. I mean? Um, so what has what role has the word Abe played in your life? Well, um, and the decisions you've made, I guess. Okay, the thing is, like, the, I, the most Aib that resonated with me was mm -hmm. failure. The okay. failure, the, like, Aib to fail. Right. And basically that if somebody fails, they shouldn't tell anyone about it. Right. And that, like, I remember, because I started business when I was very young. I was 15 when I started. Yeah, So true. the um, the percentage of me failing was high. Yeah. Because I was very young, unexperienced, and 15. Like, people were outside playing in the sand at that yeah. age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, I want to be my own boss. So... I remember, I remember that I did fail a lot of times. And I always say that failure is what drove me towards success. I wouldn't be sorry that I am today if I haven't failed. Right. But to discover how failure is a nece necessary thing in the steps to success, yeah. it's like a step in a ladder to success. But to know how important it is and how beneficial it is 
to learn from your failure. It took me maybe six years because I had to get over the fact that it's aib to fail. Right. Because my parents told me, my mom basically used to tell me that you cannot. I remember I had one business that completely shut down, and my mom's like, "You can't tell people about it. You just you can't aib. You can't yeah. you can't yeah, yeah. let people know you failed and and it's aib and just tell them you lost interest or something." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, growing up, I was thinking, but 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 that doesn't change the fact that it's gone. Right. So why is it aib to speak about something that I tried? And didn't work instead of sitting home and doing nothing and not trying. So this is where I started having that conversation in my mind and going like, hey, is Aib wrong or is Aib just like something personal to someone? Yeah. And they're emphasizing it on us and like making it like, you know, you know, like pushing it towards us. No, like I think that story is, is amazing because you were 15. And so that fear of failure hadn't kind of been, hadn't been rooted in you yet. A lot of the time now, um, when I work with older people who are, you know, executives mm-hmm. or, uh, in co- working in corporations, that fear of failure is so embedded in them that you end up with people who don't want to try anything new, who don't want to innovate, who don't want to do anything different. Yeah. Because it's better to just stick with the status quo and say, this is how it is, mm-hmm. than take a risk and fail because failure is Abe. It's true. I mean, this is, this has a lot to do with also ego. Yeah. Because in our culture, we were, see, the thing is, I love our culture, but in every culture, there are things that hold you back. Yeah. And, um, I mean, what is culture? Culture is a collective of behaviors or right. attitude or thinking created by people Sorry. at a certain time or an, or an age. Yeah. So I think that with time, culture should adapt to change. It should be, I always say, um, I move on forward, but mm-hmm. my culture is always on my back like a backpack. But I'm moving <laughs> forward. So I yeah. take it with me and I never forget it. But I, but I am moving and I am growing. So the thing is, I get it. The uh, having ego is great. You know, mm-hmm. it's important, but don't ever let ego walk in front of you. Always let, always let it walk behind you. Mm-hmm. So it exists, but it never takes decisions for you. That's and, amazing. um, you can actually, if, if you'd look at, because I'm also a public speaker, uh, by profession. So if you look at my speeches uh, from the day I started till now, yeah. you would see my speeches tra- trans, go through a transition from, Hey, success is nice. Success is good. Success, success, success to, to, Hey, I failed. I failed. I failed. I failed. Right. I failed. So what? So what? I failed. You know? So I realized that there is so much value when you actually open up and speak about failure. First of all, you exchange knowledge with people. Second of all, you get advice from people. Uh, third of all, you learn. It's a missing ingredient that you take on and start cooking the thing all over again. So, but for me to get over that, whatever my mom taught me that it's Abe, it took yeah. me a long time. But but it was cooking up in my head because I was like, okay, I failed, but I'm better now. But why is it able to talk about it? Right. So this was one of the aims that like resonated in me and like took an impact on my life. But alhamdulillah, like I overcame that that fact. Mm-hmm. And um, like now when I fail, I just o- openly speak about it. Yeah, I failed. I, I went bankrupt. So what? You know? Yeah. So it's, I think it's better than it's better to try and fail than not to try at all. So you spoke about your mom. You're a mother yourself. Yeah. So as a mother, how? Do you use the word Abe with your son or the concept of Abe with your son? I honestly, I've, I've taken into consideration because what I love about how my parents raised me is mm-hmm. because they gave me my freedom, but they taught me how to use it. Right. Now, therefore, now the culture played a role, definitely, especially with my mom, because mm-hmm. uh, my dad's Bahraini, my mom's Emirati. Okay. So my mom's cultural part was way stronger. Yeah. And she was very strong about it. And, um, so when I look at my son, I, I, the only reason and the only way I'd say aib to him is when he takes something that doesn't belong to him. 
Okay. So I go, hey, and let that resonate in you because you'll never use that <laughs> and you should never over, overcome that feeling. Right. Because whatever is not yours is not yours. True. So when he takes toys from others, I go like, maktoum, you know, it's aib. Because it's yeah. not yours. It's shameful for you to claim something to be yours, but, but it's not. So that's the only time I use aib. Other than that, I just say it's wrong. Um, you should not, you know, so I use different terms. Right. That but, makes sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, 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 you learn from what you've been through, especially with your family and you just apply it. So as a boy who's going to grow up to be a man, how do you feel he carries the burden differently than you did as a girl in because, this society? Um, the thing is, uh, it's 2018. I don't know if gender exists anymore. I mean, okay. we're, we're, we're all the same. To me, we are all humans. Right. And uh, alhamdulillah, like in the UAE, we, we have that mentality happening and, mm-hmm. and it's being applied. It's hard to change everyone's mind, especially old people's mind, because yeah. th- these things resonated in them. I mean, they have roots embedded in, the, in their thoughts. But it's good to take care of the young ones, children. Start yeah. fresh with children and just teach them that we are equal. Mm-hmm. And whatever is wrong for a man is wrong for a woman. And yeah. we're equally the same. A man can't get away with things just because he's a man. So that's, and these are things I'm teaching my son. I'm a single mother. So yeah. um, my, my son sees what I do and I prove it to him in action, not in words. I never have conversations. I show it to him because it's so scary how children are like sponges. They absorb everything they see, not hear. Right. Because they forget what they hear really fast. Yeah. Now, whatever resonates in their subconscious mind, that's completely up to their personality. But they look at you and they learn from how you act. So therefore, I'm showing him that I'm a, I'm a woman. I work hard. I go there. I do this. And I, I just try to teach him through my own actions every day. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. And what would what advice would you give him as he grows up and as other people, this new generation of kids, uh, um, on how to deal with shame and the fear of shame in our well, the thing in is, society in general and in life in general? The thing is, look, um, if I give you your freedom mm-hmm. as, as a child, my son, if I give him his freedom, he needs to learn not to fear me but to love me. Because when you fear someone, mm-hmm. the minute they're absent – Whatever they ask you to do is gone. The ethic, there's no ethics. There's fear. Slight. So fear is not an emotion you want to build in a child because the minute the fear is gone, the action comes back to life. Right. What you want to teach them is out of love that why you don't want them to do that and, and give them reasons. Speak to them. Like explain in details to them. Children like to be spoon-fed information. Right. So... Every time, like, I, I, for example, let's say I want to play football outside with my son. And yeah. he, wears, he, he, he loves these sandals that have Mickey Mouse on them. So I'm like, Maktoum, you cannot wear sandals. You got to wear shoes because you're playing in the grass. You might hurt yourself. He's like, no, I'm not going to hurt myself. So then what I do is, is I open pictures of football players. And I go like, look, they're wearing Adidas. Look, they're wearing Nike. Right. And they're playing football. And he goes like, ah, oh, and he switches immediately. Children are stubborn. Mm-hmm. And if you force them, they will never obey. But if you conversate and show them pictures and proof and speak to them like adults, mm-hmm. they will completely, completely like transform. So when it comes to shame with my son, as I said, I'm, I gave him his freedom, mm-hmm. but he sees what mom does, what mom gives. Mom is kind. Mom, mom cares. Mom treats her staff fairly. You know, yeah. mom works hard and, and she puts food on the table. So all these things, they, they will resonate in him when he grows up. And, yeah. When it comes to shame, it's just basically how you raise him. So you said something which was very interesting about fear and how if someone, uh, if you make someone afraid, then they'll they'll act one way in front of you and one way exactly. when you're not around. And that reminded me of a saying. I don't know if you guys have it here in the UAE, but in Kuwait we have it where it's um, 
ekel matshtihi lakin elbas matshtihi nas which translates exactly. to exactly. eat what you like but dress how people want you to dress exactly. um and of course it's a metaphor for in your private life do what you want but the face you present or the how you present yourself to people has to be something that pleases people and it for me it's one of those things where if you fact if you're coming from a place of shame and you're coming from a place of inauthenticity then you end up acting one way when people are around and a completely different other way when people exactly. are not around and i think that's one of the things that 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 duality or that inauthenticity is one of the things that causes people to kind of have that conflict i think yeah i, I think in our culture we have a lot of sayings like that that says like do whatever you want but in front of people just don't do it yeah but then you lose your sense of selfness like um you got to be you there's nothing to be ashamed of and yeah. if you don't fit in if you're weird if you're different I'm pretty sure someone out there would love you for who you are. Yeah. And not everyone you meet should be someone that loves you. Yeah. And this is something our culture doesn't teach us and it teaches us to be loved by everybody. And it's fine to meet people that don't love you. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, I believe that you are your own brand. Yeah. So, whether you're in or out, in public or in private, you do whatever you have to do to be authentic to who you are because I mean, like, let's I'll, I'll, let's take social media bullying, for example. Right. When people bully people online, they're hiding behind a computer or a phone. Nobody knows who they are. Therefore, out there, they can be whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if you think about it, who cares about what people think? What about you? You're sitting alone with yourself. How do you look at yourself? Right. So... It's it's not just how do people see you. It's how do you see yourself first. So before fixing that image on the outside, you need to fix a lot of things on the inside, and and the way you you treat yourself, see yourself, and then go project it outside because that's the healthiest way to do it. But if from the inside you're something completely different, and from the outside you're pleasing people, yeah, you know you only have one life. Don't make me feel like you can come back once you're gone and yeah, fix yeah. it. Yeah. No, I mean I think there's two points. First of all, I mean I called the the podcast Millennial Mers for that reason because yeah. I feel like through these conversations. And through asking uh, themselves these questions, I'm hoping people will take a look at themselves and kind of see, you know, do I like what I see? Do I not like what I see? Do I need to adjust? Do I need to kind of realign some things? Uh, and if you like what you see and if you're happy with what you see, great. Exactly. If you're not, then um, I think maybe it's time for you to take a look at what exactly you're doing exactly. and what you can shift. In terms of all the sayings we have, uh, and this is something that uh, we talk about in the next episode, which is focused a bit more about culture. We have all these sayings because we come from a culture where we were in very, very small societies, whether you're talking about tribes or whether you're talking about villages or towns. And in order for you to survive in this small society, you, you had to... You had to like yeah. have everyone like you because yeah. that's how everyone worked together and how that's everything true. worked. Now we're no longer in that kind of space. We're in that space where you can find, like you said, that person who's going to like you. You're going to yeah. find the other weirdo who's a weirdo like you exactly. that you can connect with. You know what I mean? So I think there are things that you take with you. Like you said, a backpack mm-hmm. from of your culture that you take with you. And there are some things which you can appreciate but not necessarily apply. have to apply or incorporate at the same yeah. time. That's 100% true. Um, so you were talking about social media, um, just now, is there anything that let's say makes you think twice before you post something on social media or you say something on the radio? What are the, what are the kind of, I guess, filters that you go through in your head or decisions that you go through when you're going to post something? if, if you ask someone who knows me very well, they'll tell you she hasn't changed since she was 15. And mm-hmm. whatever you see online is who she is. I have no shame in applying who I am publicly. 
Right. I can be me whenever, however, wherever. And that's the secret to happiness. You're happy right. because you don't need to pretend. But there's one thing that, that it's also a Ayyub thing yeah. <laughs> that, that always used to like stop me from being myself or from doing things the way I wanted. And it was like, it was how the Arab community that's following me always um, fight with me when I speak English all the time. Right. Now, the thing is, in the beginning, I would go through the, the translation and I would sit down and rewrite things in Arabic and English, which, which for me, I'm dyslexic. It's so hard, you know, okay. especially writing and yeah. reading. Yeah. So, and then I really, I just sat down and I was like, Sada, why are you doing this? It's just, it, I, I get migraines every time I have to translate because I'm, yeah. I'm English educated. Right. So I love Arabic. Don't get me wrong. I think our, our language and our, uh, even letters are so beautiful and attractive and our language comes from a depth, like from a lot of, a Sorry. long history. Yeah. I love it so much. Therefore, you, I, I was judged always for not applying it because I'm an Arab. Right. Now, then I sat, I sat down with myself, not with anyone, with myself. This is very important. You need to sit with yourself. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so why am I ashamed? Mm-hmm. For, and why am I not just doing everything in English if that's how I want it to be? Right. So, and then I kept on remembering that your language is important. Like, you need yeah. to apply your own language. You, you cannot speak English. This yeah. is not right. This is not wrong. But I mean, we are English educated. I mean, yeah. I mean, our parents invested in educating, <laughs> educating yeah. us in English. Now they don't yeah. want to, they don't want us to apply it. Yeah. But the thing is, I thought about it. I was like, look, people around the world are following me. Mm-hmm. And if I want to show people my culture and how Arabs are, because you know how we're misunderstood uh, and misrepresented yep. and even misrepresented by the media and all that. So if I want to show them the opposite of what they know, how, how am I going to reach them? I need to speak a language that everybody understands and it's English. Yeah. So if my target audience doesn't understand English, then you're not my target audience. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I love the support. I, I, I have a lot of people who don't understand English yet. They are so supportive mm-hmm. and they actually say, Sarah, we learn English from you. Yeah. I love it. Look at this positive, positive approach. I don't understand you, but I'm learning from you. Yeah. And then you have the ones that attack you. So I, I, and I don't get angry because I know they come from a place where, you know, Aib, yeah. you know what I mean? So, so I totally understand that. It's so interesting that you, you say that because when I was talking to people about this podcast and I was asking people to be guests and things like that, a lot of people asked me, what language is, is this podcast going to be in? Uh, and I was in, I said in English and a lot of people were like, why, why would you do this in English? If you want to reach a lot of people, you know, yeah. you should be doing this in Arabic and even, and like, uh, I have an episode uh, which is about people asking, you know, my friend asking me why I'm doing this podcast. Yeah. And one of the questions he asked is, why are you doing it in English if you want to reach the masses? And and my response is very much what you just said. I can't have an authentic conversation with people in Arabic. Yeah, I can use Arabic in work. I can use Arabic professionally. But if I was going to sit here and try to have this conversation free-flowing as it is right now in Arabic, it would never happen. Yeah. And so it's about kind of, like you said, being happy with just kind of being yourself. And, I'm, and I said, if I'm going to be authentic to myself, I wouldn't be able to have these conversations. But it's interesting because I sat there and, and you'll hear the episode, episode one. And I'm like, maybe for season two of the podcast, maybe later on, if I do something else, I'll try to do it in Arabic. Because like you said, it's, yeah, it's one it of those things where mind. you feel yeah. so guilty that you don't speak your own language as fluently as you speak. You know? I, I know it's funny. A lot of people, like even like advisory people, they tell me, "Oh, but if you want to keep people um, uh, following you on your on your social media platform, you need to speak both languages because the Arab community is heavy when yeah. it comes to social media use." But the thing is. I don't care about quantity. I want quality. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. this is what people don't understand. I don't care about the numbers. I just, 
want to take my beautiful culture and my beautiful country and, and my religion and just show it in a beautiful way. Right. And the only way I can do that is by speaking English because I have followers from all over the world. So if you're not speaking Arabic, you might not be my audience, but there are a lot of people on social media that will address you mm -hmm. and you are, you will be their audience. Right. And it's no shame. I used to be ashamed from saying it, but now I say it freely because I am trying to take my culture to the world. Right. And if I follow what, what, what these people are telling me to do, I will never be able to do it. That's so then amazing. I let go yeah. and I still get attacked every now and then, but it doesn't bother me because I'm, I came in peace with it. Okay. So you need to come in peace with the whole idea. You're right. not doing anything wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's Ayyub, but you're not doing anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. it's interesting that you brought that up because it is literally one of the things that everyone has brought up to me since I've started actually recording this. Uh, well, social pressure is, is heavy. It's, yeah. it's, it's heavy. It takes a toll on you, but you, you can't, they try to change you, but don't ever change, you know, that's it. <laughs> I'll take that to heart. So about, cause you were just talking about sharing your culture with the world. Um, you started a fashion line focused on abayas. Yeah. This was one of the first projects that you worked on, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Um, a lot of the more liberal, and I use that word in quotation marks. Yeah. Uh, people would say that. The abaya is a tool to cover up women because women showing themselves is aib or inappropriate. Yeah. How would you respond to those people? Well, f like, first of all, let's clarify one thing. The yeah. abaya is not a religious symbol. So people should not uh, cling to it religiously. Okay. It's not. It's a traditional symbol. Yeah. Yes. And there's a reason why it's black. There's a story behind it and all that. But the thing is, can we, like taking religion out of the way now, religion mm -hmm. says cover up, but it never said with what? It said it can be anything. Right. That's why you have the, the modest community where they're covered up in any way they can. They can yeah. still wear pants and they have to be modest, you know? Right. So when I was designing the abayas, I, I wanted a fusion between the past and the, and, and the present. Right. Basically to showcase women as strong individuals in their own skin mm -hmm. and with their own culture without being ashamed or without having to wear something nice under the abaya. I wanted the abaya to be the something nice. Right. So, and my abayas are so avant-garde. They, they have leather and they have all these things. In the beginning, when I first started, nobody would buy from me for like almost a year. Mm -hmm. People would come and go three, four times, five, six times because they realized that they're, they're modest. Yeah, yeah, they are, they are a bit, um, it, it is a bit risky. Yeah. The designs are a bit out there. They're more futuristic and, and more. You know, not, not what they not were. Not traditional, let's say. <laughs> completely not traditional. Completely. Yeah. So the, but they, the reason why they came back and forth is because they felt like, Hey, I'm covered. Who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. So, and what I love is a lot of women come to me and tell me, Hey, you're the reason my daughter wore the abaya because you made it so cool. So I know there's a history behind it, mm -hmm. but change is a must. It's a train. You hop on it. If you don't hop on it, it goes. So right. everybody, it's a must. They say in Arabic, you yeah. know? So one way or another, in the future, people will slowly start accepting. So yes, the abaya is a traditional piece and it has a strong message mm -hmm. within it. But the thing is, we should not take it emotionally to that extent and attack anyone that, that takes it out of its frame. Okay. Because as long as you're covered, as long as you're modest, as long as, for example, let's say it's black in color because they're used to that color, yeah. you're good to go. But the cuts, the, the additions on it, this is personal choice, basically. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's this quote that I saw um, you say, and I wanted to talk to you about it. You say, we don't need to empower women. We need to inspire them because women are powerful enough. Enough victimizing. Come on. I, I, I just, I despise the word empower. We are strong. 
So my question to you then is, how does the word Abe, or how does the concept of Abe play into that victimizing kind of? Well, the thing is, because we we probably were brought up like you know, it's Abe to be strong, mm-hmm. it's Abe to to go out there and do things. It's not Abe to study, but it's Abe to work. So yeah. our culture had a lot of 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 these back and forward good things going on. But alhamdulillah, things changed. Like look at our leaders now and what they're yeah, doing. Exactly, women are everywhere. I mean, right. men should be scared. <laughs> but the thing is. Um, Back to the quote, the, um, the reason why I said women should not be empowered is because we're not weak. Yeah. And no matter how, how it's, it's casted upon us and, and it's enough victimizing. You don't yeah. need to be a victim to be happy, you know, but we, we are so used to victimizing ourselves and it's part of our culture as well. Right. The part of the word Abe as well, not to be strong and we need to be at home. We shouldn't be out and all that. But, um, I think if, okay, a woman gives birth, mm-hmm. gives life, yeah, raises up a child. Mm-hmm. That child becomes a president, a lawyer, a doctor. So he was raised by a woman. Um, she takes care of households. She does the finances at home. She's capable of doing anything. All she needs is somebody to show her she can and she will. She does not need empowerment. Because would you say empowerment, that means, okay, give her a free license. Give her free accommodation. Let her do her business for free. Let her, let her, let her. Which is beautiful. But with time, without with the woman noticing, she loses her self-worth. Right. Because everything is given to her. The minute she fails, she will ask for more. Yeah. A lot of studies have been made, uh, especially with like, um, uh, councils, women councils around the world in yeah. Paris. I've, I've, I've traveled the world to do a research about incubators and women in business. Okay. So for two years and, um, a lot of incubators were complaining and, and councils, women councils were complaining that, Man, we open up these places to give them support and look at them coming back, asking for more, asking for free or this, free that. Mm-hmm. We gave you free. Why are you coming for more? It's because you gave them for free. So they lost their self-worth and now they don't know how to do things without you. Right. You gave them the fish. You didn't teach them how to fish. Okay. So women do not, don't enable, don't enable her. Okay. We're not, we don't need empowerment. We're not that weak. We just need inspiration. And a woman that's inspired is a dangerous creature because I'll give you a simple example. Look at a woman when she's in love. She would go beyond the moon to get things done when she's in love <laughs> yeah, because yeah. she's driven by passion. Right. And we are emotional beings as women, right? So we're, we're, we're not rational like men. We're more, more of an emotional side uh, okay. of our brain is used. So and an inspired woman is very dangerous. You can't stop her. If she's inspired, she can't be stopped. Okay. And there are so many stories where big brands in the world got created because women were passionate and they were only working in the company they didn't even own it and cartier is one of them okay so yeah yeah one of the managers fell in love with one of the owners and she swore to take the brand to the next level just to prove to him she can do it and she did it cartier is is cartier because of her it's not not because of the founders yeah i'm gonna have to read up on that story that sounds interesting it's a beautiful story and, and it just shows you how a person who has a purpose has a vision or is inspired Mm-hmm. Is willing to do anything. I mean, I don't want to speak about this as a bit negative, but I, I would because it's a beautiful. Ex- it's not a beautiful example. It's a good example. Um, even serial killers, when they kill, when they ask them why, why they do it, they're like we're inspired. So inspiration is very, very dangerous. <laughs> no, it is true. It is true. No, I mean, Sorry sure. for the example. Yeah, no. but- <laughs> I mean, don't go for anybody. It is an example, yeah. We are not promoting. We're not promoting anything, but I'm just saying, uh, passion is strong. Give them the, give them the power, show them they can and they will. Don't empower them. I mean, you don't see men walking in the street holding hands and saying, hey, empower men, you know, and, and talking about men empowerment. Because men, it's not aid for a man. 
uh, to feel his power. To feel his power. Yeah. But it's safe for a man to victimize himself. Yeah, that's so, true. So it's the opposite for women. It's the opposite, yeah. yeah. So um, as someone who uh, is seen as a role model to young girls uh, and women, is there anything you would like else you would like to add on the topic of Abe and shame. Um, okay, look, the thing is, um, I love my culture. Mm-hmm. And I think a, con- a country without a culture is not a country. True. Um, I love my culture. I love my country. I love my traditions. But everyone has a choice to let go of some of them every now and then mm-hmm. to just move on. Because yeah. there are things that were made in the past and things completely changed. We're in the present. It's 2018. 18, things changed. Like, look at life around us. But the beauty of, of our country is that we preserve our traditions as well. And we yeah. should. I mean, you'd see a person driving a Ferrari but owning a camel. You know what I mean? <laughs> we don't let go of our traditions. Yeah, that's true. So, as I said, wear your traditions as a backpack, but move forward in life. Don't let your traditions stop you from moving. Take them with you and infuse them with whatever is new. And you'll see something beautiful come out of it. It's always when you see a mixture, even in like brands or food or, or any concept, when you yeah. see... The, the the old mixed with the with the with the present it's a beautiful combination Very and the balance true. is so beautiful so don't let go of your traditions take them with you and and whatever you feel like does not fit you can let go because yeah. these were made by people for people it's not a universal code for something that's wrong no, I, I love that. And the backpack metaphor, I'm going to be using it forever oh, now. I'm ahead. stealing it go from ahead. you. <laughs> I, I just gave him the right. <laughs> um, so. That's pretty much all the questions we have for you today, Sarah. This was fun. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me on the episode. It's been really eye-opening. Um, where should people head if they want to follow you or find out more about you? Um, I'm on Instagram. It's uh, Sarah underscore Almadani underscore. But believe it or not, like I want to ask you this. Sure. What do you think is my strongest social media platform? Um... I was going to say Instagram, but... No, it's LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn. Yeah, so you find me on LinkedIn. That's yeah. where I write my journals and, and my ideas. And it's basically where I have my my verbal explosion there. Okay, That's where I, because, amazing. Because the caliber of people there is different. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they get most of the things. It's not just a bunch of people searching for fashion and beauty and all that. Okay. So, yes, and, I'll be, and I'm very active, so I answer all my direct messages. If anybody has a question or anything, hit me up, and I'll be there and I'll respond. Great. Okay. So find her on LinkedIn. Um, so thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to this. Uh, we'll be releasing a new episode every week. If you f- want to find out more about why I started this podcast and where we're headed with it, then check out the first episode titled, So What's This About? with my friend Ghanim, who interviews me and grills me about all the things I, I'm doing roasted. here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> slightly, just a smidge. Um, Also, please leave a comment. Let me know what you think. If you have any questions or if there are any subjects or topics that you think we should cover, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mishari Alanazi. Links are in the episode description. Bye, guys, and stay safe.